Hi guys, my name is Reed Nasser and this is The Buzz. Today, let's take a look into a popular Salt Lake City local pastime, the group biking event called the Nines. The 999 ride event takes place every Thursday downtown. It was once just a small group of bikers that has become largely intended, with the number of attendees reaching well into the hundreds. The event received its name because bikers meet on the corner of 900 East and 900 South. According to the group's Facebook page, the ride is an all-inclusive, all-welcoming social ride that happens every Thursday, all year long, weather be damned. This ride is for every level of bike rider and doesn't have any set leader taking responsibility or charge of the group for the 999 rides. This local phenomenon has become a source of community for over a decade now to the Salt Lake City area and has shows no signs of slowing down. In just a minute, you'll be hearing from Paige, who sat down with some frequent riders to get their take on what this massive bike ride entails and gets an idea of what this means to our Salt Lake City biking community. My name is Luke Urbaniak. Jeff Hulse. My name is Camille Davis. Allie Lockery. I ride the Nines almost every week. I'm a frequent flyer at the Nines. Dude, I think like five years now. Relatively frequently, at least like once a month, I would say. I've probably done them about four or five times. All right, give me like a day in life on the Nines. If we're debating on going to the Nines, we'll, uh, we'll just kind of talk throughout the day, see who actually wants to go. And then if like enough of the friends are in, we'll, um, I'm gonna probably drink some beers and get all the bikes together and we'll just ride straight to where it starts because we only live a few blocks away. We'll either bike from their house to 9th and 9th where it starts if it's close enough or we'll just drive there and park really close by and then grab our bikes and head over to the corner. Yeah, I normally have uh, tacos with some friends before and then we all bike down to 9 and 9 around, I don't know, 9.50, 10 o'clock. Yeah, so it's just this one guy that has really big, tall handlebars and loud music coming from his bike that he like set up. And he just starts the nines. You hear his engine rev, it's like the chopper. And we just follow him. So you don't know where you're going oh, before no. the night starts. No, you have no idea. Sometimes you end in crazy places. Like we were ended underneath the freeway last time. Well, like there's different stops along the nines ride, probably like every hour-ish. And they're always playing music. So we're just on the bikes, like rolling through, you know, chilling out, like um, grooving to some music. And then when we get to the first stop, someone's usually got a backpack with some more beers in it. <laughs> get some more vibes rolling. <laughs> Everyone is together to that point. And then after that first stop kind of splits up a little bit, I'd say probably about three quarters of the ride is everyone together. Definitely the first half, like everyone's together, starts to slowly break up because everyone kind of goes their own different directions home. We see a lot of interesting people, a lot of fun people, a lot of people having fun. And how far do you guys go? Well, it kind of depends on the route. I've ridden some that are 13 miles, I've ridden some that are six, so it kind of just depends on where you go. The route's different every time. We usually stay for maybe two hours at most, but I've heard it goes pretty late into the night. Probably sometimes you get like 400 people riding the nines. In as the winter approaches, it gets a lot less. So like last week, I would say maybe there was 250 people. Yeah, the, I would say it fills up the entire road <laughs> for sure but I don't think it's like that much of an issue for traffic because people are definitely expecting it now. It's enough of a thing that I feel like if you're driving and you see um, a bunch of bikers going, you're like, oh, it's the nine. Like, I'm gonna have to wait here for a couple minutes. If you go with the flow, it's pretty safe. 
really don't see too many spills or crashes or accidents. Just like flat tires every once in a while. Yeah, it's definitely chaotic. I've seen people like fall off their bike and I feel like I've seen people hit other people, but nothing like hospital provoking. <coughs> they get right back up. Cause a lot of people are clearly drunk. So bound to happen. Give me like your best nine story. One time we, we started riding the nines and everyone was like, where the heck are we going? And all of a sudden I had no idea where we were. All of a sudden, we're like going through like a homeless camp. There was like tents set up, and we, all the homeless people were like, "What the hell is going on?" But we were all just, you know, riding our little bikes through the nines. I don't know. I think obviously the the routes make it really fun, but also the stops make it really fun. Um, so one time we stopped at Sugar House Park, and then DJ comes out. You have like a little dance party. I don't know. I really loved that route. That was one of my favorite routes. Is going through Sugar House and then stopping at the park. Yeah. So the stops make it, but also the people that you're with make it. What is your favorite part about the Nines? Um, my favorite part about the Nines is probably that. It's just a big party every time I go. It's like, especially because we make stops throughout the night. So we'll bike like a few miles and then stop at maybe a abandoned parking lot or something like that. A place where there's like a ton of room and just like play music and dance and all that fun stuff. And it just feels like a big party and it's super fun. I would recommend it to anybody honestly, because it's not a hard bike either. So I think it's super fun for anyone, probably more towards like the youth demographic, <laughs> but anyone who likes to bike or just like hang out and listen to music would have fun. It's super fun, yeah. Go have a good time with your friends at the nines, it's sweet. If it's a Thursday, get your bikes, get your homies, get some beers, sap up and go ride, go have a good time. Now, I don't know about you guys, but that does sound like a lot of fun. But has this good thing gone bad? Let's find out together. The Salt Lake City PD released a statement following an arrest during the 2019 event. The Salt Lake City Police Department is aware this event can cause significant public disruptions and that it poses numerous safety hazards. The Salt Lake City PD is unable to provide traffic control for this event due to its size, reoccurrence, and the staffing needs of the department. The event is unregistered and the organizers do not provide the Salt Lake City PD with information about the route. Now that's interesting. In a moment, you're going to be hearing from Norm, who interviewed Daniel Hanna, who was a page admin for the 999 bike ride that occurs every Thursday night in the 999 districts. He began riding casually in 2015 and slowly found himself in the admin role, or helping organize weekly rides. As the year progressed and as COVID and polarization slowly leaked into every aspect of our lives, Hannah noticed a decline in the ride. Now, in 2022, he still hasn't seen the recovery. More from Norm now. First, can you just tell me who you are and kind of how you got involved with the 999? Yeah, um, my name's Daniel Hannah. I, you know, saw it, I think, right around back in like 2015, 2014. And, uh, you know, just by word of mouth, just, you know, heard pretty much just how everybody joins along with it. Word of mouth, where it meets up and stuff. And, you know, it, it's as a, as a seasoned cyclist at the time and just a huge bike enthusiast at the time, you know. It's just like, oh, was best case scenario. I found out what I'm doing every Thursday for, fuck the rest of my life or whatever, you know, just being a a bored 20 year old i think that's when i started going in the nine was, was 20. and then how 
how did you evolve from kind of just being a cyclist on Thursdays to, you know, working with them or planning routes and stuff like that? Basically, the, how the dynamic worked pre, just how, as opposed to it works currently, is, you know, you, you show up, you, you make friends and stuff, and then some of these friends are, are regulars, and then some of these friends are actually you know, leading and managing the ride and stuff, so you, show up and if you have opinions and if you have a destination in mind you simply just include yourself but i mean that's how for the most part people generally have have their collective input just any participant in the nine have their collective input you know you ride up towards the front and talk to the people up there and they'll likely be super interested in your ideas so you keep coming back and then eventually people sent me friend requests you know eventually made me an admin and stuff you know it's just just keep on coming back and just make yourself part of the community and that's how it pretty much worked pretty straightforward so i mean uh, to my knowledge there was like a dozen or or even like 15 or 16 active admins at one point on the page just because anybody really could be an admin if you, if you cared about the ride and this was like a thing that was important to you just you had good input good ideas or just good destinations in mind yeah you know, sure we'll make you an admin so you're in the loop and you're you're quite especially because you know we actually uh, planned events for the following week and stuff so you could be involved in all these things just by asserting yourself and then for those who don't know uh, an admin is what uh it's basically just pertaining to the facebook page you're a, the 999 facebook page administrator and that just allows you to to address the community mm-hmm. via posts as a uh, as a 999 so you just appear as the 999 when you make posts yeah. you can also change you know dialogue and, and with you know like you approach the the nine um you you know uh private messaged the nine page and, and i responded <laughs> and these days i'm one of the few people who actually respond but it's not necessarily in, in the most constructive manners <laughs> just because I'm more against a lot of the dynamics of the ride that completely supersede and have moved well past the page. So talk to me about that. You say you're against it now. When did you start noticing the decline in everything that's been going on? When I say against it, I'm just against the the way it currently operates. A lot of it, you know, it has been since the very beginning, there were problematic aspects of how the, you know, that I was complacent to. I mean, how the ride started was just like vegan by punks they wanted alternative to critical mass i don't know if you're familiar with critical mass no can you talk to me about that yeah critical mass was pretty much cities all around the country have a critical mass and that just functions as a once a month bike ride i think it's like the last given day of any certain day of a month Uh, but critical mass meets up and they really just try to occupy (laughs) the road with bikes and stuff and um you know just make their presence known and this this is in solidarity with just lots of movements and this is where we promote our our presence as cyclists as activists and that's what critical mass was all about worldwide even i I i'm not sure how how worldwide it is but i know it's super popular in the u.s so the 999 was an alternative to like okay well as opposed to a um we all know we love critical mass uh what if we made something that wasn't so as a means of protest and that was easier for people to to show up to as opposed to like a single day of the month what if we did it you know every single week and 
people could attend leisurely and the whole thing wasn't wasn't necessarily a critical mass protest but it was extremely like-minded people who you hopefully see on the critical mask or just you know passionate cyclists and all that so you know that's that's kind of how the the 99 formed it used to be called uh, thursday night with naresh um naresh was the the person who originally started the riot oh, he's been involved in it for seven or eight years i think it was it became the 999 after that and nobody really heard of, of naresh afterwards so can you kind of go them. more into when you started noticing the decline though uh yeah absolutely so i want to say when the that community expanded outside of like you know your your vegan punk-esque person and then you more hippies and students and and all these other people on the ride because it's a ride for everyone it was all an all-inclusive ride then you you start to run into and i want to say this was when i started personally noticing it it was you know closer to the 2017 2018 area but you know you you have all these people who who don't ha- aren't very like community-minded show up um you know again just tons of hippies tons of students and they don't actually have like a ton of respect for you know road users in general people in general and, sorry and just yeah, i'm specifying them as, as hippies and students but it's just people from all walks of life um how i generally described it is all your Friday, Saturday nighters who literally can't abide by the rules of like a nightclub or something, so need to go somewhere else. So it again, it's pretty much when when the nine 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 community started to transcend your bike punk. Back when it was just the as you said, like the vegan bike punks, was there a lot of drinking going on then when they were biking, or was it just more biking? Yeah, fair, fair fair amounts of drinking usually. Only enough so that everyone would make it home. And then I'm glad you brought that up, you know, just because, like, I, I feel like that that had a good deal to do with the, dy- the dynamic shift is just, like, when people stopped breaking within their own limits. And, frankly, that's that's something that I, you know, appreciated about, like, bike punks and stuff is because they were fairly self-aware and they, you know, didn't, didn't just keep drinking when they realized they were being obnoxious, violent, or anything like that. And, you know, with the popular dynamic of just having super drunk people on the ride, you know, who are disregarding like, road rules, just general respect, all this, you know, just general human shit that brings in just tons of, yeah, again, people from all walks of life who are having to deal with, like, it's this whole, like, dynamic, like, these are all your Friday nighters, people who can't really keep their shit together in a club or something so they go to this lawless bike ride have you noticed whatever. kind of when that started coming about like more injuries violence police getting involved did you notice a rise in that once the rules started dissipating yeah yeah and again you know there just there was a it was a, a very lawless ruleless ride from the beginning again just aimed at the the concept of like community respect and stuff. that time frame kind of brings us into covid were you uh I mean, were you still working with them around COVID time or did you? Yeah, I would say that's when I was the most active and like most involved. Pretty much I was just, I was was making the weekly posts just like, hey, everybody get ready to ride tonight, you know, and and stuff like happy and super stoked to see everybody tonight, you know, just be like trying to be the, the faceless face of the nine as far as just promoting it and trying to get more people out there and then in in all these pubs trying to promote some sort of rule some sort of dynamic 
that we were trying to, to approach or, or, or promote or something amongst that. And that's when, you know, when, when COVID hit, I think my, my first post before we had less than like 200 reported cases in Utah, my first post was just like, Hey, you know, um, because we don't really know the same things, you know, we're, we're, we're going to ride tonight and stuff, but we still really need to be diligent about what's going on because this is very beginning of 2020, you know, just not, not knowing exactly what this COVID thing was, you know, whether it was just, it was extremely, extremely overblown or whatnot, but still trying to consider it, still trying to, to be conscious of it. And then it wasn't, you know, I think it was like February, March, essentially when, when cases are spiking. So it was like by February, by the end of February, we're, we're really just trying to pressure people to, to wear masks on the ride. And then by, by March, I think we're just telling people not to come, stop coming, do not come. And this was in tandem with like the, the overlap of like the George Floyd protests and stuff. So what we what we did was just like tell people like you know there's there's serious extensive hospitalization right now nobody's vaccinated so nobody can come to this ride do not come to this ride basically making weekly posts just like do not come to the ride and and just so many people that you thought were very community-minded people that you talk to like every day were still coming still ignoring advice still um Sorry, in our chat before you mentioned uh, like breaking points. Was that basically was that one of the breaking points for you, COVID? No, I mean really the breaking point should have been um, when Cameron Hewer died. When Cameron Hewer was hit by the front runner on the ride. Who? Uh, sorry, who, who is that? Cameron Hewer. He was a uh, sorry. I get you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was a, a semi-professional cyclocross racer, and he was on the ride, and he had his headphones in. The ride got split in two by the front runner train essentially passing through. So half the ride stayed behind waiting for the train gates to go up. And then a few people were just here and there trying to pass through, looking around for a train that, that wasn't going to come. And Cameron Hooter had his uh, headphones in and tried to get across the tracks, didn't realize the front runner was coming. It was really just a, a mistake that literally anyone could have made you know i i would have made it in a heartbeat i mean i just you know made that mistake in a heartbeat especially when you when you talk to or when you speak to the confidence of semi-professional cyclists so he was a he was a really nice guy a really really great person who i didn't know personally prior to his death but yeah that that should have been my breaking point and how, how um, long ago was that that was uh, I want to say that was 2019, or sorry, early 2019 or end of 2018. But yeah, basically the the whole ride, the page, and everything got like a ton of community hate for that. Obviously, what we were doing is that essentially caused the incident. That being said, yeah, there were there were technical issues with the front runner gate stuff, like it being open while lights were still flashing, but it's still being open, allowing cars, and pedestrians through, but. It was a huge nightmare, and that that should have caused a massive like stop and reevaluate how we do this whole ride. Why did it not? Why did you guys just kind of keep going with that? Um, I, I I personally didn't go on the ride for like several more weeks, um, hoping, assuming that no one else would, that except everybody else did. And again, you know, try to 
you know, and, and again, I, you know, shamefully say this, like, should have been my breaking point, but it wasn't. But, you know, tried to, like, re-examine the dynamic of stuff, um, was, like, undergoing just a ton of grief and stress because of, of just how, you know, just getting a ton of um, community input and then, you know, just random people messaging the page about what had happened and then every news outlet wanting to have somebody to talk to. So I ended up being an interface for a couple of news outlets while trying to give out very little information. It kind of, it kind of just diluted to like it being thing could have happened to change this or nobody could have done anything about this. And I just kind of took the route of complacency, frankly, you know, in addition to the 700 plus people who uh, intermittently come to the ride. But yeah, I, I really think that should have been the end of the ride, frankly, um, just because you have, I mean, prior to the first death occurring on the 999, there's just like all these countless injuries just happening in, in shitty ways just directly attributed to people being intoxicated or something and it wasn't just like oh scraped a knee bumped an elbow it's just like fucking destroyed the facial palate or you know fully broken jaw or not even concussed but like hematoma you know just like all sorts of ridiculous stuff and the thing is it just became this like towards just like oh you don't find out about it until like the next week or something because it happened at the back of the ride so pretty much everyone in front of the incident never knew it happened in in so many ways because of like the dynamic of leading a massive ride you are generally responsible for all the stupid shit that happened behind you and that's Again, you know, why I stepped back from the ride a really, really long time ago because there's a direct level of responsibility for the speed you're dragging everybody along, what people are trying to do to, to keep up with the ride. So while you're trying to keep everybody at a consistent speed, you're causing people to get split up and then get put in further dangerous situations, become easier prey for cars, violent drivers, cops all this stuff and that's and that's really just just running it running the show as best you can when did you finally end up taking a step back um it was it was covid covid is like when i i figured like there's not a fucking person worth hanging out with on this ride was was just the fact that every like these people have relatives just just statistically you know these these people like how many people are coming you have relatives or at least friends of friends or family members in the hospital right now or with or severe cases of covid but you're still fucking here and you're still sharing your alcohol and sharing your weed and shit and doing all that stuff that's um directly and blatantly spreading covid and then you directly are seeing yourself test positive for covid and then bullshitting yourself saying it must have, I must have caught it at work and it's just it's just this fucking breeding ground. That's that's essentially what the nine 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 has become and has been since March of twenty twenty has been this, you know, fucking breeding ground for mutations of, of COVID. Um, well that kind of brings me into what I, mean, I was what I was wondering. What do you think of it now? What do you think of when you see the nine 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 now? What what does that bring up for you? It's it's just generally bad. Again, it went from having a dynamic of just like literally anyone 
could have input as to where this ride goes. Um, everyone's considered important. Everybody's considered valuable enough to keep safe, to make feel safe, uh, but to be valued as a community member for showing up, being here, you should at least have that community dining or like the protection of the community. And there, and there hasn't been that dynamic for, for quite a long time prior to me ever noticing it. But currently, as it stands, is if you get fucking wrecked into on that ride, nobody's going to stop for you. Uh, maybe your friends, but nobody's going to stop for you. Nobody's going to reconcile damages that they did to your property or, or anything like that. Nobody's going to stop and check if you're okay. With that, you have tons of fucking sexual harassment, um, literally grooming. In addition to... Um, extreme racism of people uh, again you know we had to come together and be like hey we we don't want this neo-nazi coming on our ride definitely don't want it to or don't approach him and make him feel very unwelcome here and you know uh, of course as soon as that community kind of folded you'll never guess who's now attending the ride it's just like this same specific neo-nazi and their friends and then it's just, it becomes like, you know, and I don't mean to, to just sound so like judgmental and segregated, but it's like this rotating shift of fucking speakers and, you know, just frap fucked up people who you, who you genuinely cannot trust, who will default by violence at, at the drop of a hat. Just, just really shitty people. It, again, I cannot describe it as anything else as like, think of all the fucked up people who are going to get kicked out of a bar or a nightclub at the very beginning of the night you'll probably find those people at the night because they cannot adhere to basic the basic social contract you know it's just like be fucking nice be you know human being be considerate and yeah that's that's where those people go but how i feel about the ride again it's just like these are people who cannot abide by just general social agreements. Just be decent. Be a, a human being. It's like, oh, if that's if that's a problem for you, come to the 999, right? Nobody will fucking hold you accountable for literally anything. Be it extreme violence, you know, just whatever it may be. And that's just, that's the case. I mean, if it, if it like, just the, the most, like, trusted people who... who remain on the ride just for known for doing the most fucked up shit dude. pissing in ashtrays and bragging about it and that just destroying some some piece of property or pissing on some piece of property that you know someone making minimum wage has to clean up or repair i, I was just kind of um, wondering about that was there ever any issues with the businesses around the 999 like around the ninth and ninth district absolutely yeah the coffee garden definitely had to dictate like uh we don't want you directly in front of our, our store anymore or like in the parking lot and stuff and then the capitol theater had to do something uh, similar and then yeah it, it didn't really matter because you know everybody's going behind those buildings to piss and, and just just while the nine is collectivizing and waiting to leave there's there's just so much vandalism going on and whatnot i mean if if the public urination was the worst of it too i really you know we wouldn't even be talking right now but it's just it transcends that so severely yeah i mean i think that that's kind of all i had 
for this conversation. Is there anything else you want to add before I uh, before we finish up? I mean, yeah, I mean, there's there's still tons of cool, decent people who go on the 99 ride, but I think complacency uh, is the hugest thing, and that's why at one point, you know, you could see cool alternative people, like-minded people on that ride, and now you can pretty much expect a, a massive horde of, of a majority of people who just don't give a shit, lack tons of consideration, you know, really exemplify the things wrong with this country as a whole. You don't want to be complacent to just really very trivial extensive morality then either stay away from the nine or show up there and be vocally anti-fucking like this bullshit and stuff that's pretty much all i have um it was it was a it was definitely a thing that i loved and really passionate about for a while um and then you know and then you have to like grow up that was a lot of information for us to take in but just know that though the ride has become different than what maybe the original riders intended, the Nines event has allowed locals to bond with one another and has become a staple in the city. And that is something we should be thankful for. Thank you for listening. Again, my name is Reed Nasser, and this was The Buzz.